Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of We're In Between, the, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of As Told by Ginger once a week. Last week we discussed about the episode Stuff Will Kill Ya, and this week we're going to be discussing about episode 52, which is called Detention. Uh, this episode debuted, believe it or not, on October 22nd, 2016 on Nick Splat. Crazy. I know, it's sad. Uh, as mentioned last time, that As Told by Ginger was released on iTunes and Amazon and all those places, but its TV debut wasn't until Nick Splat aired it in 2016, and it was written by Adam Cohen. In this episode, Ginger gets detention for sleeping in Ms. Zorsky's class from the episode Stuff Will Kill Ya, meaning she can't attend Darren's football game. She knows he'll be upset if she doesn't show up, so she asks Dodie to dress up as her to go to the the football game. Uh, Ginger also meets Orion in detention, and they become friends. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three. Being proud of who you are, no matter what you do. You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up. I think Ginger and Darren are endgame. It is a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television. Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! This time around, we're going to be reading off the comments from you guys. We're going to be reading off comments from episodes 47 through 51. So we're going to start things off with episodes 47 through 48, and that was from Butterflies Are Free, or No Turning Back, depending on where you live. Um, We discussed about this episode alongside with Leandra, who appeared as a guest on the show, as um, in both Butterflies Are Free and in the podcast. So we're going to start things off with a comment from Brawl uh, Spradlin, who says, I've been debating in my head whether or not to comment on this episode or the wedding frame, but here it goes. I've never watched As Told by Ginger, except when Nick Splat showed the unaired episodes of the series. I was fascinated by your show, uh, by your videos on the show. Examples include uh, Top 15 uh, As Told by Ginger episodes, Why Was It an Underrated Nicktoon from Pilot to Final Product, etc. So when I saw that you were going to review every single episode of As Told by Ginger, I wanted to catch every single posted video, and I have to say that I want to own a physical copy of the complete series so I can watch it myself. From the comments Courtney made about Ginger in the first episode to Comeback Little Seal Girl and even Emmy-nominated episodes such as And She Was Gone and Hello Stranger, I even watched the bonus podcast with the writers and animators and casts. I really hope that you get Emily Kapnick as well in your podcast. Overall, I really enjoyed the We're In Between podcast and I hope that you can continue creating content for this channel as long as you are able to. Thank you so much. What a nice comment. That's just, uh, it's really great to hear that sort of feedback on the show. And it's sometimes, you know, we can see the number of views, but it's like how many people just have it on as background noise and how many people are really listening. And based on all these comments we get from you guys, you're really looking at the show in an interesting and critical way and challenging us when you think we're wrong, which I think is also great. Absolutely. Uh, we have a comment from Trelias who says, This one is a supreme yay. This is my favorite episode of the series. Ginger's plot was amazing, and Carl's plot was also solid gold. 
The only thing I don't like about this episode is that Carl and Noel broke up. But other than that, I do recommend this episode. Hands down one of the best episodes of Klasky Chupo. Um, it means a lot to me and shows that the characters are growing up. Uh, we have a comment from that Miss Quinn who said, Thank you for reading my comment. I dislike what they ended up doing with Courtney for the rest of the series. I don't think she deserved it. Season one, Courtney, sure. But by season three, she'd grown so much and I don't think she was treated fairly. The Twin Peaks reference is wonderful. When I was a teenager, I thought this was the last episode of the series. So from the episodes on, I've only seen them as an adult. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts and sharing some of my own. I love this podcast. Uh, we have another comment from Bebe Speaks who says, Amazing episode. I have to say this is my top five favorite episodes ever, probably number two. Thank you to Leandra for being a guest on uh, We're In Between and on As Told By Ginger. I really wish this podcast wasn't two-thirds over yet. I want the podcast to continue, to never end. I love As Told By Ginger and I always will. I hear that too. I've been coming to terms with the fact that we're reaching the end here and you know that we we can only say so much about these episodes and the show was only so long but you know I'm not usually big into reboot culture but with a show like this that I really feel wasn't given the full life that it deserved I would love to see as told by Ginger come back and and I will go on record saying that I will do the show continue this show if it ever comes back on. Yeah, me too. Um, our final comment comes from HeartLover1717, who says, I wonder if the word the could be added to the title, The Butterflies Are Free. You see, Ginger, more than others, had huge anxiety about the coming changes, i.e. butterflies in her stomach. It seemed even her friends were ready to move on without her. Then again, um, some advice from Lois about uh, pointing out that old clothes don't fit anymore and that they're hard to give up until you glance at, at your reflection. A reflection at something new together with the advice from Jonas about the tighter that you hold something that needs change and growth the more chance uh, of losing it if you let it go there's a good chance it may come back that she was able to free her butterflies complete and deliver her speech and be ready for the changes to come I absolutely love this episode there is so much relatable material included that everyone can identify with something the ending montage was wonderfully heartwarming too bad the promises that Ginger and Darren make to each other don't don't keep. Leandra is awesome. Thank you for being a part of the podcast and sharing the how and why of what made you being a part of this episode. Okay, so with that finished, we're going to be discussing about episode 49, which was uh, Heat Lightning. Uh, we have a comment from Jasmine the Dreamer who says, I thought it was perfect fitting for Ginger to actually meet Sasha. By meeting him, she was confronted with reality. The fact that nothing had changed between them, which made her ultimately realize why she had dreamed of him and what that meant in her relationship with Darren. I had been in that situation before, so I can say that with such a reality check to a very strong daydream can be very important getting your head back from the clouds. Sometimes when you desire something, you might even forget what you even knew before. Another reason why Ginger needed to meet up with him again. Uh, we have a comment from Frosty who said, Honestly, I think this episode would have been so much better if Sasha was cut. Ginger could have easily come to camp asking where he was and discovered that he moved or was busy working over the summer or something. She could have spent the rest of the episode fantasizing about him and daydreaming about riding horses, eating s'mores, whatever. Nothing about his relationship with Din Ginger was well-developed enough to continue this train wreck romance. And his presence feels so pointless because you know it's not going to 
to go anywhere again. We've had two episodes about him before this, and they didn't do really anything special with him. His moments here are wasted. Anyway, good riddance to Sasha. He's seriously my least favorite character, and I'm glad he's gone. Wow. I think least favorite character in my book is a little harsh, but you're, of course, entitled to your opinion. I do believe it's a train wreck love story. And I also agree that they could have left Sasha out or had him just be like an apparition or that, you know, she thinks she hears and sees, but then goes away because she's thinking about him. Interesting to have him actually be there. And you all know Patricia and I's thoughts on that in an otherwise pretty great episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a comment from Joshua Moore who says, If I had to say anything about this episode, it's goodbye, Sasha. Ginger made the right decision to stay with Darren. For now. Despite on what will happen later, she's much better off with him than with Sasha. Also, is it just me or is Mrs. Dave pretty much the old woman equivalent to Mandy from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? They have similar hairstyles, similar attitude, and the list goes on over the course of the season. I never really thought of that, actually. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, our last comment for this episode comes from Codebox42, who says, One thing I will admit, Season 3 does the best in transition and change. As of this point, we not only feel the growth and maturity, but actually see it visually. Not a lot of shows do this. As with Courtney, this is where a lot of people begin to have her as their favorite character. She's not only grown apart from the popular crowd, but has become her own person, acting in her curiosity about the middle-class life. And while she's still... Rich, her snob attitude seems to fall into the background. Notice how there's a shocking lack of Miranda, or even mentions of the popular crowd. It makes Courtney's journey have a sense of evolution compared to Summer of Camp Caprice. This continues with episodes following, especially the next episode, which probably has my favorite Courtney moment in the entire show. Despite the fact that I think that episode is a nay episode. I also wasn't a fan of the fact that Ginger still had feelings for Sasha, as it made no sense to me, considering how those things were left in Ginger Solo. She wouldn't think of the same would happen again, would she? I feel like it was a forced plot for no reason. Also, I think Sasha likes hurting Ginger because he can't get over the events of the first meeting. But aside from that, I really like this episode for showing the maturity on all fronts. I also got a few chuckles out of Dr. Dave's mother and a few fun funny moments from Patricia. So, yes, thank you so much, Codebox42. <laughs> Hopefully the only time you will ever be compared to Dr. Dave's mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, moving on, we have our next episode, which is... Um, Fair too cloudy. Okay, well, our first comment comes from Cameron Biggs, who says, I would give it a meh as well. Dodie's behavior just seems so inconsistent, and she's already messed up with Ginger and Darren's relationship in Wicked Game, so she should be over the sense of jealousy. The parts with Ginger and Darren are a bit cringeworthy, as I'm starting to see the small cracks forming in their relationship. Oh boy, from the hints you're giving us, it sounds like it's gonna suck from here. What also sucks is that how the show pretty much got the... Hey Arnold and Futurama treatment in which the show got cancelled before the story arc is even finished. The only parts that saved this episode, like you said, is Courtney. Her being so intrigued of everything at the fair was funny, and yeah, butter churning technically was a calorie burner back in the day. Also, I never knew TV tropes had a golden rule of puking at a fair. You learn something new every day. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that the case? Yeah, Courtney at the fair is incredible. I just love episodes set in fairs i love state and county fairs and it just takes me back to a different time in life and 
yeah, that otherwise a weaker episode. I agree with you there. This is actually really interesting, Casey. So uh, we have a comment from Jasmine the Dreamer who said, Concerning the strange thing that the last episode of As Told by Ginger never aired in the U.S. until a few years later. In Europe, at least in Germany where I come from, all of the episodes were broadcasted. As I can remember, watching the whole third e um, season up until the last TV movie that concluded the series when I was around 8 or 9 years old, which was in 2003 to 2004. Kind of strange that it wasn't aired in the U.S but it was in Germany. Another thing worth noting, in the German version of As Told by Ginger, the intro song was actually sung by Ginger's voice actor. I was kind of surprised that the original version actually had an, an artist singing it. Also, the series is called, and I'm, I'm gonna butcher this German pronunciation, so I'm sorry, Ginger's Welt, which translates to Ginger's World. Hmm, I like that title. I have to process that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very uh, interesting, absolutely. And I've kind of given up trying to understand why networks air the things they do the way they do, especially Nickelodeon. Like, why was it in this country, not that one? Why is this available on Netflix in Australia, but not here? And none of it makes any sense to me, and there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason, and copyright law is weird and complicated, but it is strange that it didn't air in the U.S. until quite recently. Yeah, that's true. Um, we have a comment from Amira Isby, who said, I can agree that their feelings about their the episodes becoming more serious and grassy-like gave them reason to lo no longer show As Told by Ginger. Luckily, I got to watch the whole thing years later. I wish As Told by Ginger could have survived Nickelodeon's TV show drama. Don't we all? Uh, we have a comment from Theodore Raven, who said, This is the one episode that I side with Dodie. Ginger knew perfectly well that Darren didn't like the fair, and yet she invited him anyway, because apparently she couldn't bear to spend an afternoon without her boyfriend. And she told Dodie and Macy that he was coming at the very last minute. If I were one of Ginger's friends in that situation, I'd be miffed too. I wouldn't have done a revenge invite, but then again, if Dodie hadn't invited Courtney along, we wouldn't have gotten the saving grace of this episode. Courtney was adorable at the fair. She reminded me of that scene in Aladdin where Princess Jasmine was walking around the marketplace and is so amazed at the everyday ordinary things around her. For Courtney alone, I give this episode a yay. Also, I'd like to suggest Lois's Tex-Mex casserole as a recipe to add to the Nickelodeon cookbook. Love it. We really have assembled quite the cookbook here, and hopefully by the time this whole darn thing wraps up we'll be able to find a way to uh to codify that hopefully we will yeah theater raven is not the only person who agrees with dodie's uh behavior in um the episode in this episode uh we uh we have a comment from the scarlet ibis nw who said i kind of feel that this is the one episode i understand dodie's passive aggressive behavior because ginger cannot seem to separate her friendship and relationship no dude wants to do all the stuff the girls wanted to do. It's a tradition with the girls. She should have seen if she could have met up with him in the evening or some other day to do the fair with just Aaron. As someone who is in a long-term relationship and has friends that are married or in long-term relationships, this is one killer of relationships. It's not budgeting your time with friends and significant others. You can have time with just your friends without your boyfriend. Especially for Ginger's age, girls are going to want to talk about more things that 
guys don't want to talk about or they're more personal. And our final comment comes from Crazy Cat Lady who said, What has me wondering is that why Ginger depended on boys so much since middle school? I love the show and Dodie is very annoying. I know someone just like her, but I really related with this show other than Ginger always depending on boys. Eh, I guess it's a teenage thing, you know? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, so last but not least, we're going to be discussing about um, episode 51, which was Stuffalkilia. And we have a comment from Courtney Davis, who says, Blake is so smart that in the beginning of the series, he is seven. He skipped multiple grades. So by the end of the series, he's only 10. The more you know. That is actually interesting because in season one, he did mention that he was seven and three quarters. So we can assume that maybe like a few years later, he would be around nine or ten years old and he's already in middle school um we have a comment from that miss quinn who says i love the anti-caffeine message of this episode sure it's a metaphor but caffeine is bad and the way it's pushed in advertisement really bothers me we have a comment from nasaya lucero who said i like this episode it's good it's one of my favorites my favorite part is when Ginger drank the coffee and everything stops. It is like time is frozen. Also, how fast Ginger is. That what I also like about this episode. I give this episode five stars. Yeah, it's a solid one. We, uh, you know, we kind of went over the positives and negatives of it all, but a pretty clever way to talk about addiction by using something like caffeine or coffee. Right. Um, we have a comment from Coor A who said, I wish I took this episode to heart. Thanks, art school, for my addiction to coffee. <laughs> um, you have a comment from Esmeralda 2 Diamond who said, This is one of my favorite episodes. I can really relate to Ginger with all my schoolwork right now. And uh, we have... Um, Another comment from HeartLover1717 who said, My first thought about this episode is that Principal Milty is way out of line. To say nothing about how he and Mr. Briggs are acting like professional educators, they deserved every bit of what Lois had to serve up. I said this before, Carl mis is mischievous, but he's not malevolent. His schemes are playful and creative. With an oops, my bad thrown in, he's probably a successful entrepreneur of some kind as an adult. Regarding evil new Zorsky, I've known teachers like this who feel their role is to give everyone an ass-kicking because life kicks you in the ass, so get used to it. Yes, it is okay to, expe to expect excellence, but empathy and compassion are also great virtues. Think about what Ginger says at the end. Is it possible to succeed when everyone expects you to fail? The Mocha Loco Frothinator, the opening is one of my favorites. I should have asked Jared for his interview if a talk box was used to say the names or some other method. Lots of great thoughts in there. I just have to say that, yeah, that Lois yelling at the uh, teacher is one of the most satisfying moments in the show for me. It's just one of those great sort of revenge rage moments where you're just like, yes, thank you, Lois. Yes, absolutely. And our final comment comes from Joshua Moore, who said, Good episode. I can really relate to Ginger's caffeine addiction because I went through a similar addiction two years ago when I felt I could not go forward with my college work without drinking a bunch of coffee each day, although my symptoms from it were not as extreme as Ginger's. When I realized that too much caffeine from coffee was bad for me, I made a New Year's resolution to stop drinking too much coffee, and I continued to do well in college. For the subplot, for as much as Mrs. Grimley was a bad teacher, 
She would never threaten to beat her students like Carl's new teacher would. And I love Lois that she decided to get back to the teacher. She was awesome for doing that, like every good parent would. Overall, not one of my favorite episodes of Season 3 because mainly the mean-spiritedness toward the teacher ruined it a bit for me, but I still give it a yay. Alright everybody, thank you so much for all of your amazing comments. We're almost done with the series, uh, so we're, uh, by the next month we're going to be reading off more of your comments. And maybe by the month after that we'll be doing it for the last time. So yeah, it's crazy to think that we're almost done with, um, we're in between. Yeah, I'll miss it a lot. And uh, part of me is wondering how are we going to read the comments about the finale? <laughs> so maybe those will just have to sit there as they are. Well, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, I'm sure I'll do something at some point, and I'll I'll figure out a way we can read off those comments. So anyway, everyone, um, thank you so much for your comments once again. Um, and uh, without further ado, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Uh, one of the things I want to mention right before we discuss about this episode is that it is a continuation from Stuff Will Kill Ya. This will be a reoccurring thing in which some of these episodes are going to be continuing off from the previous episode. We'll be discussing about that in the next couple of weeks with another episode. This is actually a really nice starting point and yeah, let's get started. So yes, the episode begins with Ginger uh, daydreaming about Darren and her's conversation about that she is being invited over to Darren's very first football game. And Darren's saying, if you love and care about me, then you'll go to the football game. And Ginger's not really excited about going, but she knows that she has to go so that she can see her boyfriend perform in his very first game. But things do not go very well because Ms. Zorsky... Um, gives G Ginger detention for sleeping during her test that we talked about in last week's episode. Yeah, we. it is very, it almost feels like a two-parter in some ways. Yeah, now Ginger has to go to all-day detention, and now she's conflicted on um, the fact that she's going to be there and she's not going to see Darren perform in his very first football game. And so wondering about what she's going to do, um, Dodie and Macy have an idea about that Dodie should dress up as Ginger. She has a Ginger wig, and we even see a little um, flashback segment in which Ginger uh, Dodie dresses up as Ginger and plays copper color ponies on a guitar. Oh, it's so funny. That cracked me up. Me too, because it's like, why on earth would she have been doing that? Like, was it just for fun? And that's part of the joke, is it's so absurd. Yeah, it's not like I have a pair of glasses and I go around saying, Hi, I'm Casey. Insert music reference. Go Cubs. <laughs> or do you? Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> I don't. I do have prop glasses, but it's not for that. It's actually for when I have to play my serious self and when I do, you know, segments about, um, like, you know, should we say goodbye to Halcyon days? So, no, I do not go around pretending that I'm Casey. Yeah, it's just so absurd. It was very, it caught me off guard. It was so funny. And Dodie, of all people, being the one to dress up. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she did that for Courtney, but for Ginger? Really? Just bizarre, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Now I now it makes me think about, you know, when Aspen was singing the, the, the Camp Capri song, I'm like, maybe I should have had her sing Copper Color Ponies. Right, yeah, I was. I had the same thought. I was like, oh, maybe we should have heard Aspen sing as Ginger, some, like, Orphan Black kind of thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> 
Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. So, with that aside, I guess we can go over to the Carlin Hoodsy plot, which but now we're back to the classics, you know, doing a scheme so they can make profit. But in this case, they're going to be making a tea. And the tea is so good that Blake Grippling wants to be able to have a cut of it. So he convinces Carlin Hoodsy to sign a large contract so that he can get 49% of the income and he can have his name and his likeness and he gets to name the tea while Carlin Hoodsy go around and they try to distribute the tea to various places like they go over to Principal Milty's house, they go over to the joke shop so that they can be able to make a profit. And uh, Carl and Hoodsy are starting to slowly get fed up the fact that, you know, Blake is getting all the credit and um, Blake's name is on it, even though they were the ones who made the tea. And Blake wants to know what the secret ingredient is, but Carl is not telling him. And it just turns out to be some random leaves on a bush. Right, yeah. High school has been so brutal for Ginger right from the get-go. It's like she was so optimistic, so ready to reinvent herself, and everything kind of comes crashing down right away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. High school does not start off great for Ginger. First, she her class gets completely rescheduled. Then she meets up with Ms. Zorsky, who completely is against her. And now she has detention. And even the detention teacher pretty much one-offs her right away saying, Ginger Foutley, I'm going to be keeping my eye on you. And even when everybody else is the one causing the trouble, he starts pointing to Ginger first. So yeah, in high school, Ginger pretty much gets into a lot of trouble. And it, it just becomes like a it's basically like a crash and burn. It's like, hey, guess what? Welcome to the real world. Yeah, that's true. That's a part of it. And I don't know, sometimes it just seems like the deck is stacked against her as soon as she gets to high school. It's bizarre. Yeah, this is why a lot of our listeners do not really care about season three, because right. they feel it's so much more dramatic than the than the two previous seasons. Well, I'm enjoying it. I like the step up in drama. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't. You have to understand that for something like the Nicktoons, in which you have stuff like SpongeBob and the Fairly Odd Parents, they feel that you know the you know, they they feel like oh it's a lot more comedic but something like ginger in which like the laughs are becoming a little less um noticeable yeah, you know like the plots are becoming a little less goofy while at the same time having a mixture of being funny and serious now they're thinking that the um in you know throughout the middle half of season three is when things start getting a lot more dramatic and people just don't really care too much about it they think now it's getting way too dramatic yeah, it's pretty over the top, uh, but I I enjoy it. I think it's a natural progression of how the show has been going up till now. Yeah, and trust me, we'll be getting so much more dramatic over these next couple of weeks, especially a particular episode. For some of you people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, so... Uh, going uh, so continuing on, so all the people in detention are just against her. We have this goth girl with a mohawk who grabs Ginger's um, book and reads off in front of the whole class. Uh, she's getting completely embarrassed and. Um, you know, Ginger tries to grab it, but then she gets in trouble with the detention teacher, and you know she starts sitting back down. And then she meets up with a boy named Orion, who happens to be in detention as well, right next to her. And he actually starts uh, becoming friends with Ginger, saying that he plays the drums, and he thinks that her writing is really good. Oh, 
<laughs> Can we talk about the moment that oh Carl? What is Carl selling to this guy? Tea. Right. Yeah, and the guy is talking about how like oh yeah I could you know I could use a new break room for my employees. And Carl says, "How many employees do you have?" And he goes, "Just one." And boys, I'm worth it. <laughs> I just thought that was delightful. Yeah, this guy is awesome. We saw this guy before in And She Was Gone when he was selling them yes. the disappearing potion. And yeah, I love that recurring bit. Yeah, he, he's great. He's so disgusting, but he's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the tea just pretty much backfires for Carl and Hoodsey because Blake presents um, a line in the contract stating that now Blake has 100% complete control over the tea and uh, all the profits and the makings of it, and it's going to be under his name. And so Carl and Hoodsey feel like they were completely, um, you know, removed from all their hard work, especially when they were talking about, like, we created it, we sacrificed sacrificed everything for it and we are kicked out because of the lawyers it kind of reminds me about how when steve jobs was working for apple and he pretty much built it from the ground up and then they kicked him out and it was it, it, he felt like everything was taken away from him so it, it really reminded me of that story about when you know steve dedicated everything to you know co-creating the apple company and then he was kicked out and he felt like he was at his lowest point and then, of course, many years later, he would go back to Apple when it was at its lowest point. So kind of like a nice, um, you know, turnaround for him. Totally. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, and it's a good thing that Carl and Hoodsey are no longer associated with the tea because apparently it makes everybody sick. Uh, they get allergic reactions to it. They hate the taste. And it's become so serious that the cops are being involved. They go over to Carl and Hoodsy and saying, uh, we heard some reports about you giving away this tea. And it's giving negative reactions towards everybody who drank it. And Carl does the smart thing in which he pulls out Blake's contract and said, uh, I'm sorry, we're no longer a part of this, but you want to talk to this guy. His name is Blake Rippling. B-L-A-K-E-G-R-I-P-L-I-N. And we can assume that the cops go over to break to Blake's place and they pretty much just shut down the operation. Yes, they do. And this is probably Carl's most messed up thing that he does yet. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he squeals over to the cops saying we're not responsible for this, even though that they were the ones who made the tea in the first place. Yeah, and I just mean the making of it and serving it was really just morally bankrupt <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah this is the classic scheming manipulative carl that we've come to know it's true i like to think he was better than that but middle school does weird things to all of us doesn't it can we talk about the ending because i've been thinking about it a lot <laughs> it's just a bummer she just gets detention again trying to sneak out <laughs> and that's just it <laughs> Well, not only that, but she misses the football game. Right, of course. Immediately recognizes Jody. Yeah, he. Yeah, both Chet and Darren immediately recognize that um, Doty is disguised as Ginger. Darren learns that Ginger was not at the football game this entire time. And he even says, why didn't Ginger tell me that she was in detention? Which, yes, that's true. She should have done that in the first place. But, um, but he's still incredibly upset about 
about the fact that um, Darren, I mean, that Ginger wasn't around. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go over to friends who support me, which um, here's the thing. I want to give a slight spoiler for the Ken Michael interview. So we so one of our uh, one of our listeners asked this question about the transition from uh, from Darren from season one over to season three, in which he went from a nerdy loser with a headgear attached to himself to now a tall buffed up football player and they say that his character completely changes and now he starts becoming more of a jerk and Dar- and uh, Ken says, yeah, absolutely, that during this time, it's um, now Darren, for the very first time, feels like he's popular. All the cheerleaders are cheering for him. The guys of the football team are cheering for him and giving him support about him being a great football player. He's now feeling what his father and brother had been feeling all this time about getting attention, about getting respect. His father and brother pretty much made him out to who he eventually would become. And now he has to, to, to live the consequences and he has to, you know, and uh, he has to basically live out um, what his choice was. And his choice was to be the jock, which throughout the series, we saw him as the sensitive um, good guy, but now he's becoming one of the popular kids. And there's even even a cheerleader by the name of Simone who's now starting to smit all over Darren. Yeah, and he flirts back with her. It's pretty weird, but also I get it. It's given the situation, it makes sense. There's a little bit of that classic sitcom, like sit down and talk to each other for five minutes and this will all get solved. But, you know, Dodie does get to explain it to him and he's still a little mad and rightfully so. And she should have just told him, like you said, there's no reason why she shouldn't have. Honesty is always the best policy, full stop. So yeah, Ginger pretty much gets detention for the next Saturday and that's pretty much how the episode ends in a very depressing tone. And we're now getting just the full brunt of the high school drama in this episode. Nothing much to say about this episode, so let's go over to our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. I'm going to start it off. I give it a meh. It's so depressing. It's the fact that Ginger has to go through detention and everybody is making fun of her. Her feeling completely outcasted with everything. And Darren um, wondering about where Ginger's at, even though that she wants to be there so badly. Everybody's pretty much against her. It's like she can't win. And Carl and Hoodsy's plot, they feel like they can't win either because they were the one who created the tea. And Blake's taking all the credit. Even though that Carl and Hoodsy put all the hard work, but then it backfires for them when when the tea becomes um, pretty deadly for everybody to drink. They start having reactions to it. And then instead of being completely honest, saying, I'm sorry, they just blame it on Blake, which is to be fair because Blake was the one who wanted to get all the attention and the monetary gain from it in the first place. So, yeah, it's pretty hard to root for anybody because everybody's just going through some rough patches. Exactly. That nails it, Patricia. That's how I felt as well. It's a math for me. And yeah, it's a frustrating episode because so much is going wrong for everyone and so many people are behaving in a way that is frustrating to watch, even though I get it and I get the journey they're going through. It's sometimes a little hard to watch on our end to see the ginger we love make dumb choices, to see the Darren we love, you know, become this meathead. And it'll be interesting. I have truly no idea how they resolve it from here in general. And 
it doesn't feel like we're heading towards a series ending. So I, I wonder if it will feel abrupt, but I guess I'll find out. And don't worry, for the most part, you will find out about Ginger and Darren's relationship and about where it'll go. And trust me, by next week, it's only getting worse. Oh, geez. Well, I'm going to buckle in. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And next week, we'll have episode 53 of the show for you guys. Hey, hey, hey.